Knights of the Braille present to you Monster of the Month. Welcome to the Monster of the Month. Today, since it's rather chilly and is winter time, we're going to be going over a monster that enjoys the wintry regions, the winter time, and causing a lot of trouble for adventurers. We're going to be going over the Muir Hag, which is how my screen reader says it. I'm not sure of the actual pronunciation, but the link to the monster will be in the show notes. So be sure to go check it out and, you know, look at it a bit more in depth than likely what we will go into. I'll be going over the monster, giving a way that you can use it, you know, maybe a couple of different ways, but this is, uh, this is the viewer hag. Now, as I've already said, the beer hag prefers to live in the wintry regions. So in our world, think like Russia, Siberia, Antarctica maybe even uh, the places that get a lot of snow where it stays cold the majority of the time because that's the kind of environment that they like they enjoy the snow the cold the, the despair and you know in Icewind Dale there's probably quite a few of these you know which will even build up into a coven which is at least three hags together for further information on covens or hag covens, be sure to check out the D&D Beyond website or the most popular search engine, I would say Google. Um, the beer hag really loves the snow-covered mountain regions, like, so they can build like little huts and caves and be near, you know, other settlements, which we will get into here momentarily of why. The beer hag is a lot more active in the wintertime than in, say, fall, spring, or summer due to the fact that they prefer the cold weather. Uh, just in looking yesterday, I checked the weather from Moscow, Russia, and it was negative 8 degrees. And that's not including the wind chill, so that is likely a very good possibility to wear something like the beer hag or the beer hag itself would tend to inhabit. Um, the beer hag that I am currently looking at is the one of the legacy version from Volo's Guide to Monsters. Really good book. Lots of uh, interesting monsters in there. You know, descriptions, some lore. So it's really good book just to get to read whether you, you know, play D&D or you're into lore or if you're a game master. And it's honestly not that difficult to take the monsters from D&D Beyond or the Monster Manual or any homebrew monster and turn it into a, you know, a monster for a D6 system. So it's something to think about as we go forward here about the monster. Hey everybody, this is Richard, and I want to tell you about this really good podcast, at least I think it's good, as I'm a co-host on it. 
the Unseen Critics, where we criticize movies, TV shows, some books, and pretty much anything we want to. Be sure to check us out at theunseencritics.com, and you can find us on most podcast platforms. Okay, and as I mentioned earlier about the settlements in the mountain regions, here's the main reason that the Hag would prefer to not live in a settlement, but to have a habitat or a place to live near a settlement. Again, such as Icewind Dale from the campaign Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. The Beerhag uses their magic because they have some innate magic as well as some other magics, but they use their spells and their, their magic prowess here to make these settlements more miserable than what they are. I mean, if, if it's just a negative five degrees, you know, that's bad. But if a beer hag is there making it snow more, making the wind more, making more ice, then it's going to be more miserable than what the negative degrees temperature actually is. I know whenever I was running the Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, I had a website that I would go to to find the weather for that particular gaming session. And I do remember one time there was a negative 26 degrees um, temperature. So that would be extremely miserable for anybody unless they actually enjoyed that, such as, you know, Arctic monsters or Arctic fiends, things like that. But what does a beer hag look like? Now, this is just a generic look. You can decide what they look like yourself, but the, the most basic is one who has like a whitish blue skin. Think that they, it's, it's, they have the color of skin that someone that had frozen to death would have. Uh, the blood kind of looked drained, but, um, you know, basically they froze to death and the cold has bleached the color from their skin and their body. Their hair is a pale white. I want to say snow white, but, you know, that may be going a bit too far with all the snow. The Buer Hag, though, has pale white hair. Again, you can do any length that you want to do here. And they are really emaciated, as though they have been eating like twigs and bark and things along that line to sustain themselves, to survive. Their eyes are extremely pale. I would, I'll give you a description of what I see in my head after we get through with the generic description here. Um, it says that their eyes are pale and that they're surrounded by, like, bruised skin. Um, my description of a beer hag would be a five foot seven emaciated form stands upon a snow-covered rock. The rock, the still gray that you can see poking through bits of snow where animals have dug seeking shelf. The bluish 
white skin of this hat seems to be more blue than gray as the veins that travel throughout her body are frozen blood. It appears as though tattoos cover this hag from fingertips to toe tips and to everywhere blood would flow. The ice blue veins mark the trajectory of the frozen blood as it circulates throughout her body. As she stands there, her longish white hair billowing in the breeze that she causes wafts from side to side, never once seeming to tangle, but also seeming to be tangled already. Her pale eyes stare at the village below and the dark, bruised-looking circles around her eyes seem to darken as she focuses in on the village below. As the smoke curls up into the sky, you know that the inhabitants of the houses, the taverns, the inns are all doing their best to stave off the chilly winter, to barricade themselves from the wind that bites through their arctic clothing. They're doing their best to stay warm. Do they know that a beer hag stands upon a rock overlooking the village? Do they see her? Do they know that she lifts her twisted gray staff into the air they may not have known before, but they do now? As one looks out the window at the sustained wind of over 30 miles an hour, as the dwelling places are bombarded with hailstorms, hailstorms, as her power grows, as their despair grows, so her power grows even more. Her delight in seeing those that are suffering. She gets even more pleasure in knowing that the mayor of the village, beloved by all, has stored up food for himself and his dog. Having last year killed the mayor's wife for doing something similar, the beer hag grins evilly as she knows that the mayor has hoarded up food to help him and his daughter survive. One would have thought that he learned his lesson. Today he shall. The little girl walks out with her daddy, the mayor, Heading to where the food is stored, the wind gusts nearly blowing the toddler over as hailstones rain around them. They huddle with their arms overhead, protecting themselves, but it's no use. Unfortunately for her, the, the toddler is frozen stiff as her dad looks at what was the store of food he had saved. The girl, frozen in place, looks up to her dad as her eyes are still able to move and the tears begin to freeze upon his face as he knows there's very little left in this village. He knows who is responsible. He knows what needs to be done. And as a blizzard forms around the two of them, slowly 
it dissipates and only the girl is gone, taken away somewhere to the Vir Hag by some other monster. It is rumored that Vir Hag does enjoy eating her victims, tearing them apart and nourishing herself upon the flesh of her enemies. She has been known to do this even in battle, to take the time to eat. Do not forget that she is emaciated. She is nothing but skin and bone. She will do what it takes to survive, but she will also do anything she wants in order to cause despair, animosity, distrust, disloyalty, fear. She will do what it takes for her to survive, but she will also do what it takes to entertain herself. See, with this, I have just given you a description of the mirror hag, as well as giving you a scenario in which you could use the mirror hag. You could use that as a one-shot. You could use it as a hook to get adventurers into a campaign, into a one-shot, whichever way you want to go. That's the beauty of tabletop gaming. And now, let's go over the Beer Hag's statistics. Let's look here. All right. The Beer Hag is a medium fey and is chaotic evil. What this means is she's evil and she can be all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason the way that she acts. She typically serves her own self-interest, but if you wanted to play a beer hag that changed the way that she is, you can. Do you have to keep her chaotic evil? No. You can make her lawful evil. You can make her lawful good. So, so many things can change, you know, in your mind. You can do whatever you want. Backbreakers, suplexes, feuds, death-defying high flyers, hardcore. The professional wrestling audio is coming to a stream near you soon. The PWA is an audio-based wrestling drama and is designed for those that wanted to be wrestlers but could never get there. The PWA is for those that enjoy cutting promos on unsuspecting strangers and for those that just want to have fun. You never have to step into the ring, you just need to have the desire to cut a promo and enjoy the product. Sit back, listen, imagine, and enjoy. Send in applications to unseeingcritics at gmail.com. The, she has a natural armor of 17, and the median of her hit points are 91. Again, you can make, if you wanted to have a bunch of these, you could have, you know, lower the hit points if you want the adventurers to be overconfident, or if they're having too easy of a time, then up the hit points. Players want to have fun, and players want a challenge as well. So if you see that you're bad, or your baddie is getting their bad book, 
beaten, then up the hit points a little bit. Give your players a challenge. Now, the Beer Hag's abilities here, she's average of strength of 13, so she'll get a plus one there. Now, with a D6 system, you could, you know, moderate that to where she's roughly around a three or so, three to four. You can do that thing. So converting from the D20 to the D6 is not all that difficult. Use a little common sense, you know, um, and, and go from there. Like, for instance, here, her dexterity is 16 with a D20. So all you would really have to do is make her dexterity or agility, whatever the ability score name is in your system, on the higher end. Not maxed out, but close. Um, surprisingly, her constitution is only a 14, and I would have thought you know, that would be a little higher due to the conditions that she lives in. That's just you know some logic to me. So while I agree with the other two, I would probably bump up her constitution at least one more point, if not two, more likely two, to get that extra, you know, bonus. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a while since I played D&D, so I'm, I'm going over my head the ability scores. It's because um, I'm playing the elemental system, which is also extremely accessible. Um, you can find it on uh, Drive Through RPG. And the publishers were more than happy and basically bent over backwards to make their rule book accessible. And it is such a fun game. Let's see here. Um, her charm is also, or charisma, excuse me, I said charm. Her charisma is also 16, which I can see that, um, you know, she can charm people to come to her. She can persuade them. So with the D6 system there, you'd want to have the charisma on the higher end as well. And, you know, put intelligence and wisdom around average. Uh, three to four, um, you know, depending on how your system particularly is. Um, she has a plus four to some of her wisdom throws. Um, kind of high in, in nature and perception. And her stealth is not quite through the roof, but with a D20, it's a plus six. So uh, you would have to have a really high perception, you know, um, if she rolled high whenever you were trying to see something. And, and when it comes to me, I, it, it's hard to go there, you know, you have to, when you're running the game, if I want the monster to see them, the monster sees them. If I want them to see the monster, they see the monster. That's, I don't get in, I don't go in for all the, oh, I want to roll if I see the monster. No, you either see it or you don't, you know, because we like, we like the battle. We like the role play. We like a good mix of it. And sometimes you can just really over roll in the session and I do believe that leads to burnout because it's like all I do is roll. I just, I just want to play. So, you know, I, I modify some things to make it funner for, well, not only me, but for the group as well. Um, she is immune to cold damage. 
she has uh, 60 feet of dark vision. Um, she, she can speak three languages. Again, you can put any language there that you want. Um, she has a challenge rating of seven, which is 2,900 uh, XP. But if she's part of a coven, don't forget that's two other hags, um, I believe at least, then her challenge rating will go up to a nine, which I believe is 5,000 XP. Now, what is the Grace Staff? It is a staff, a twisted piece of wood that the hag carries with her, which will aid her in casting some spells. She can also ride this staff as though it is a flying broom. Um, let's see here. I'm looking. Um, if the staff is destroyed, it takes her a year and one day to create another one. Um, the hag can, can walk across the ice without having to make an ability check. Let's, and she uses charisma as her spell casting ability, which the, again, the gray staff, you know, um, aids her in that. Um, these are the spells that she can use without any components. And again, you can put your spells in here if you want to. Um, she can hold person at will, ray of frost at will, you know, as long as she's holding the staff. And she gets the following three per day. She can use the tone of cold, ice storm, and wall of ice. She can use each of those three times a day. And one time a day, she can use control weather. And, you know, she can use these, and that, that's all of her magical abilities. Again, you can swap them around, you know, um, whatever you want to do. This is your game, and I'm just giving you a monster that you can go over, you know, and possibly use in a one-shot. And don't forget, she can cannibalize or eat any of her victims that have died in less than a minute. Does it have to be a minute? No, it does not. It can be... 20 minutes it can be an hour I mean that's up to you the the lore with the book is one minute but you can change it that's that again is the beauty of this game but you have seen the blue hag or the pure hag excuse me I want to call her blue because you know ice and bluish veins but I hope you have enjoyed this and thank you for listening Thank you for listening to Monster of the Month. We are a group of tabletop game enthusiasts and everyone is welcome. You can find us in the following ways. At Braille Knights on X, Knights of the Braille on Facebook, by emailing knightsofthebraille at gmail.com, www.knightsofthebraille.com. Please remember to share and subscribe.